When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. He was a pretty uh, good established comedian in Arnell something. Arnell something. Not him, but was one of those other guys. But he he said, Yeah, let me just say it. I use the word I use the N word all I use the word nigga all the time. So white so, dude? No, black dude. He said, Are you trying to tell me some you know, some of you white people and y'all that y'all see somebody y'all see these black people on you know, doing something late at night and you're going African American, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that nigga. <laughs> I didn't remember. It was a, a bit with. Um, I hate was, that too. Just, no, say, it, just say black. Like, it was say African American. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, and that sometimes is condescending to you mm-hmm. when you hear people say that. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, something that Chris Rock did, and that's what I'm saying. Why this is getting all this? Like Chris Rock did something before. Well, he was talking late at night, and he was like, he was told, telling this joke. He said, you know, he said there's there's black people, oh, and then yeah, there's yeah, niggas. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said black person do say, but late at night, <laughs> Christmas, somebody done broke in your house <laughs> and hit you over the head, and you're going that nigga. <laughs> Everybody died. They thought it was funny, but I think it, it's really funny though that. Well, remember, he got some. He got some heat for that though, from the black community. He did. I don't remember him getting heat from the black community. I mean, it's just like Dave Chappelle is. He's stepping out into a realm that is, right now, that uh, is taboo, and you better have some. You know, major. You gotta have confidence, and you gotta have some major backing behind. Like mm. you said, of who's to say. That Rotten Tomatoes can give somebody a zero. a zero. Some censor decides I'm going to give them a zero. When you look around and the public persona was a 96. Mm-hmm. That that is a that that's not the divide that you see. Right. You know, on Robin, Rotten Tomatoes, you'll see something like you know 80, and then you see the fans with a 90, or you see Rotten Tomatoes give somebody a 30, and then the show will get a 50, a 50 or something people, like that 50, from the people. 60%, but but yeah. never have you ever heard of a zero mm-hmm. because the comedian was who he was. Well, it's because they're afraid of the backlash, I think, at the end of the day. What's about what backlash you're going to get? Because they can't, people are afraid. Oh, you can't rate it? People are afraid to say it's funny because of the backlash that they receive. Well, I think that you think about. 
the things that people say. And one of them he said was, he's still talking about the boy having cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, shit. Damn, you came here, suck your dick, and this, this is it. This is what I get. This is what I get. This is the things I get. What happened to you dying? Yeah, yeah. That, now that was fucking cold. Don't you want me dead? Every time I see you, you're getting stronger. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to that? What happened to you dying? Oh, my God. I think that people right now. I was on with Don Lemon. I tell this story, I was on Don Lemon. And they and Don Lemon asked me about a bit that the woman did from Saturday Night Live. And she did something about having a uh she was in slavery and she was like, Yeah, I wanna have me one of these damn giant babies, you know, because this is gonna be a basketball player. And and it was funny to me. And he came to me and asked me about it. He said, Isn't that just comedy? I said, Yeah. But then there was some other people up there and I forgot the guy's name. Gosh, what was his name? Because he got in trouble. Black guy, kind of professor. Like guy who used to be on CNN, he's no longer on CNN. But you look at people now on CNN, they're disappearing. Yeah. What was the guy's name? Paris that was on for a while. He was the uh, he was the Trump guy. He was a black guy. He was always for Trump. His name was something Paris. And uh, shit, they hurry up and got him off. But all these black people now, man, you you have to be so correct now in this world. I mean, your job is your job hinges on a, a word. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a dangerous thing we're using now. In, in doing a podcast, I think it's different, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but you still can be offensive to people. So I, I even think now that I am always aware of what I'm saying and I'm able to back up what I'm saying. But is there such thing as going too far in comedy, though? I feel like comedy, it's it has different rules, different parameters, but it has to be funny. That's key. If it's not funny, if it's flat out racist, if it's flat out derogatory towards a specific who's the, group, who's to say that though? Who's the person? You just said it. The approval. Who, who's the, no, the no, 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 no. When the viewers, the viewers decided what? something's funny. Well, but, Dave Chappelle but, didn't come up with this material but, before. But you know what I mean? he should, tried it out. He yeah, must have tried it. But out. but he decided at that time that the people from Netflix came to him and said, "This is not funny." I was at a bit with um, Earl Graves. Who was a, you know, a, a multi-millionaire, billionaire black man who did something with uh, Black Enterprise Magazine, and they bought on Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin came on. Okay. And he was doing a comedic skit in front of more majority of the people were black, but then there were some white people there too. Mm -hmm. And he got a little raunchy, and then at the end he said, "Yeah," he started talking about OJ. And, and O.J. and Michael Vick, and he brought up the two, and he said, the moral of the story is you can kill a dog, but you can't kill a white woman. And boy, Earl Grace got up and turned the microphone. Eddie Griffin was going to the microphone, turned the microphone off. He just cut him off. Turned it off. <laughs> Shut him up. Shut it, turned it off and, and got him off the stage. And then Earl Grace got up and said, I don't think that's funny. And then there were a couple of people who booed Earl Graves, like, mm. boo. He said, well, if you think that's funny, you can get your money and you can leave too. Wow. wow. And nobody really reported on that, but it was just like, here it was. It was exactly what we talk about now. What, where do you go at when you start talking about being PC? 
What'd you think about this new special, Dave Chappelle? I, I saw it and I thought it was funny. I thought a lot of it was funny. You know, and but that's my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I got that, you know, morbid sense of humor sometimes you? Nah. about you know about nah. things that happen to people about death about you know all those things that you know are really issues real life issues that happen mm-hmm. um now did he cross he did he tiptoe across the line by talking about um you know people who were abused about the kid that's mm-hmm. what it was like he talked about the kid that that said he was Abused. Mm-hmm. That to me is that is that's tipping right there. I mean, but he doesn't believe this stuff, Max. It's jokes. A jokes are jokes. And again, it, like you said, it's funny. If it's funny, that then real. you get a passing comedy. And not well, it's not Pastor Dave Chappelle. It's not Senator well, Chappelle. Well, the guy who was with Kramer that time, he was doing a comedic act. Yeah, but that wasn't he was, funny though. He wasn't fun. He he was being thought he was funny, and these two black guys start heckling him. And he started talking about them and the fact of being in slavery. Mm-hmm. And he had to go back, and which, which offends me, is Kramer had to go back and, and meet with Al Sharpton about sensitivity. I like Al Sharpton. I think he's good. But does he represent the entire black race? Do you get a pass when you say something that was insensitive about black people and all of a sudden you have to go do sensitivity training with one or two black people? But what that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> he needed need Sharpton's approval. Now yeah, that's good. Yeah, after Sharpton says <laughs> No one else is offended anymore after, because Sharpton said it's cool. After Sharpton gives him his thumbs up and I learned from, you know, Reverend Sharpton about what no, he learned nothing. What you did was you went in and tried to get a pass. Now that is that's really how it goes. So with Dave Chappelle, what he said, I don't know. I, I'm I'm thinking about that. Is there a is there a point of is there a point in it that is about death or is it there's some place you can cross the line you know you know the whole thing with Eddie Griffin and 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 that that to me was like one of the funniest things I'd heard you know when he was talking about that he just said well he was talking about Michael Vick and he went on and you know hey Michael Vick this and Michael Vick that and they put him in jail and then OJ didn't go to jail and the moral of the story right now is you can kill a black man you can kill a uh, you can't kill a dog but you can kill a white woman that to me was like whoa it's like are you, you know, where are you did you cross the line <laughs> yeah maybe a little bit but I mean with, with Dave and for him to do this now does Dave have immunity? Because he's Dave Chappelle. I think that's what pisses people off the most. Does, does he if have he's not a, Dave Chappelle, it does doesn't, he, doesn't have that much heat does, to it. Does right? he have Dave? Yeah. I mean, can Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle also talked about Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. saying he was his, his idol, his hero. Mm-hmm. Do you know how offensive that is to some people who have gone through this whole thing about, you know, date rape and all those things and that Bill Cosby was accused of and eventually, um, you know, tried and mm-hmm. convicted of. That to me, that people are just like, whoa. But Dave Chappelle is Teflon Don. He's, you know, he, he's like, you know, like, it's like, look, he's he's immune. Certain people, I think, have some immunity and he looks like he's that person. Mm-hmm. Because if you are riding tomatoes and you give it a zero, 
I never heard Rotten. I've seen some of the worst movies of all time. And Rotten Tomatoes gave like yeah, a 12, like twelve or thirteen or whatever it is. But that that what Dave Chappelle did was borderline, borderline brilliant. Yeah. And what he did, but there was a person that Rotten Tomatoes, whoever it is, decided at that time that no, that's not funny. Mm. That's not that. But the but the viewers, the people who watched it. I've never seen that that kind of discrepancy. Zero mm-hmm. and ninety six. That's a that that's a discrepancy that you just don't see. They don't want to get in trouble. That's what it is, man. Get in trouble about what? What? Because because they said it was funny. Well, yeah. And you, now people you are gonna be, you will be approving it. You would co-sign it and say this is funny. We think this is good to get a I don't know. Let's say a thirty percent. You know. It's got to be a little funny if you get a thirty percent, but they're afraid to, to make that give a zero. They give a zero just to yeah. save themselves. Absolutely, I think that we have gone to that other side of being so politically correct. But I, I, you say that, and I think of myself when I first became a broadcaster here in Boston, and there was a guy named Howard Manley who wrote a very critical article uh, piece on me. And said that uh, he, he was talking about the way I spoke. And at that time, I had to really go back and reinvent myself for radio because you have a small window. But he was talking about how slow my tongue was, how, you know, I was the professor, not the professor, professor of Ebonics. Wow. That. He said that? I only said that. That was written in the Boston that's, that's paper. That's what I mean. It was published. Yes, published in the Boston paper. What editor decides at that time that that's okay. Mm. Now, did it make me a better broadcaster? Yeah, it did. Because, look, I knew as a broadcaster, I knew I was just tapping in. I knew where I had to go. And it was a learning process. But also, it was was one of those things which was very, very, very insensitive. And I remember meeting Mr. Howard Manley. And I was out at a show. And I'm always meeting people. And this guy walks up and says, has his hand out. And I'm about to extend my hand. He said, Howard Manley, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm good here. I'm good. What did you say? That's what I said. I'm good. I'm good. And you just walked away? Walked away. I'm good. Did you ever try to reach out? Really? I never tried to reach out to me again, but it was just like at that point, here was this black man. And I think it's hard enough for a black person to, a person of color already, to achieve anything, especially in the Boston area. But for you to go ahead and, and essentially try to, you know, attack him. Now, I'll say this. How far wrong was he? I wasn't as good. I wasn't good my first year. I was, I was learning. It was a learning process like anybody goes through. Mm-hmm. But for him to go out and try to assassinate me with my blackness, that I was very, very offended by. Because and I was more offended and mortified the fact that that an editor would allow that to go to press. Mm-hmm. Imagine today if somebody said that, you know, if you had a newspaper and somebody said, "Oh, he's the professor of ebonics." This is the Boston Globe. Too. Boston Globe. Wow. Boston Globe. But we're talking twenty years ago. The people that, did anyone ever approach you about it and say, "Wow, nobody I couldn't from, believe they wrote that." Nobody from the club. Matter of fact, EI. There were times on EI when they um, they went on to use it on air. 
And I just had to grin and bear it and, and had to be much better than that. Right. But I remember some guy came on and was talking to me. Hey, professor. Oh, man. What? That would have killed me. Yeah. I would have hated that. Yeah, but you, but you have to learn that you have to have thicker skin. And you also have to be in a position to, to prove, for me, it was to prove how good I was compared to what somebody else thought about yeah. me. So I think the political pendulum... It sways kind of both ways. Sometimes, sometimes for me, it's like being black. Mm. There are times in, as, as a broadcaster, being black isn't a, isn't a bad thing. A white guy can't use some of the stuff I would say. Mm. My broadcast partner, Sean Grandy, cannot use some of the things I would say right now. Sean Grandy can never say, that, oh, that dude right there is a gorilla. He's a beast. <laughs> me and him, we've talked about this. He can't use that. And other broadcasters can't, white guys can't use that. I mean, you look at what happened with uh, Westbrook this year. Westbrook going crazy in the game, you know, doing all this crazy, fantastic stuff. And the broadcaster, um, it was. I just uh, remember what you meant. Yeah, saying. it goes on to <laughs> Westbrook. You lost your cotton picking mind. Oops. Oops. Can you, imagine, no, yeah. can you imagine the look on the dude's face next to him? Like, uh, his, his co-worker like, uh, ooh, so uh, Thunder ooh, up 35 to 22. Oops. <laughs> Oops. And the guy got fired. He's been there for a while. Uh, Westbrook didn't come to his aid because dude was reportedly a good dude. But he just said, what, what would you say if Grady said that for next to Kind of start laughing. I'm like, are you? But Grandy's never going to use that. He is. Know, Randy just, is very. Pathetically, I would love to see the look Randy. Grandy is very PC. He's, you know, he he is not going out in that position. But as a person of color, just some things now I can use. I could say that about Westbrook. Man, that was beat that dude. Beat that dude like a slave, man. Oh, if a white guy used that same terminology. I heard Kevin Garnett one time. He were, were actually on the plane. <laughs> and, um, you know, I let this out now because Kevin isn't with us, you know, playing. But he was talking. And he was on the uh, plane. And they were, uh, it was him and some other big baby. And they were all doing arm wrestling. And oh, they were yeah. Going, they were going back and I've forth, heard this man. Story. He beat and, Big Baby. And right? beat Big Baby. Yeah. And he gets up on the plane. He said, I'm the damn silverback on this plane. I'm the damn silverback on this thing. And if you know what Silverback is, he's a gorilla. He's a gorilla, yeah. He's a gorilla. He, what did he mean by it? He just meant the power and the majesty of that animal. That's what he meant. Right. But the other people who took it in were going, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't say that on the air about him. Yeah. Now Kevin Garnett's the damn Silverback. Yeah. He's he's the big he's the big cheese here. <laughs> so there's certain things you can say now, being black, that you can use that. A white broadcaster can't even use anymore. Would you say that article sort of loosened you up a bit? Was like, you know what? Let me put more of my personality there. No, that article made me become better. Okay. And there were things that, yeah, that was a little bit more difficult because if you do radio, your window of opportunity is a very small one. I did. I'm from the South. I do speak. I, I was speaking slow at the time. Mm -hmm. So I didn't actually end up going to a speech therapist to go over my dialect to make sure that I was able to get in that very, 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 very small window uh, of, as an analyst doing radio. So it made me better, 
but it still was, it still hurt and it was still very, very, um, it just wasn't, it, it was, it wasn't a good, good look for mm-hmm. a guy like Howard Manley. It wasn't, and it wasn't a good look for the Globe. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't a good look for them either. No, not at all. Whoever the editor was, I mean, and we've never, nobody's ever talked about that openly here in Boston. Yeah. No, I never heard about it until yeah, now. Yeah, nobody's ever yeah. talked about it. Like, uh, 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 <laughs> that happened when? Uh, 20 years ago? Right. That happened? And we want to talk about racism in Boston and what is and what isn't? Could they use, could somebody use those same terms if they were in Atlanta and the editor let them get away? In D.C., in New York, mm-hmm. why was it acceptable here at the Globe and wouldn't have been acceptable any place else. No one bad an eye too. There was nobody, nothing. nobody for well. There were people who were mad about it. There was some black people who were mad about it, but it wasn't the outlash that you you know that you would think about as a uh, that would come out today if somebody said anything like that. Have you ever been on the other side of that? Have you ever been the guy who got criticized for saying something you should? Oh yes, said? absolutely. Mine was uh, Violet Palmer, uh, who was a black official. And I get to tell the story now. Um, Black Violet Palmer was on uh, Black Official. We were in Houston, and myself and Sean Grandy were talking about how good she was, and uh, in the game. And all of a sudden, she makes some play that wasn't as good. And I'm trying to bad joke on my part. I see trying to mimic Tommy Heinsohn. And if anybody wants to challenge me, please go back and, and listen to what EEI said when I said, ah, go back to catch and make me some bacon and eggs. I was mocking Tommy. And, and I'm not trying to let myself off. It was, it was dumb now after saying it, but I was mocking Tommy Heinsohn. I was well, not, what made you use those words? <laughs> mocking I, Tommy. I was just mocking it because Tommy didn't like officials. Okay, yeah, of course. And it was a female official. Right. And what I was doing, I was making light of her being a female official and what her, what her primary job at that time mm-hmm. was going to be in his eyes. And so that's why I said the whole bacon and egg thing. <laughs> I didn't even think anything about it. And I got, well, maybe it was about four days later, I get back to Boston and they're saying, the Celtics are saying, we're writing, a, uh, we're writing an apology for you. An apology for what? What did I do? For what you said about Violet Palmer. What did I say about Violet Palmer? <laughs> you didn't even remember? No, I didn't even, <laughs> didn't even remember. <laughs> and then it was like, you remember you said the thing about bacon and eggs. <laughs> are we serious? Oh, are we serious here? That you want me to apologize because I was mocking Tommy Heinsohn about, and then eventually, one thing I did learn is that that's what people wanted—an apology. Well, the reason why I asked what made you use those words because Tommy used to say some borderline risky has. stuff on Tommy it. Tommy has said yeah. risky stuff. Yeah, he said Tommy, he just gets a pass because he's he, he Celtics about, legend. Look, 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 look. Tommy, some play happened with Yao Ming, and Tommy Heinsohn said, "Hey, why couldn't he catch that basketball? He got those chopstick fingers." <laughs> uh, no. What? <laughs> Seriously? And Mike Gore would just go quiet for yeah. two seconds. Like, how do I? Yeah. How do I transition to the next thing yeah. that he just said? I, mean, I, I get it. I get it. But it's still, is there a fairness in there? It, it was what it was. But again, it taught me a lesson about 
being correct or getting to that edge and stepping over. Right. That was stepping over where I had to make a public apology. So people came to my house, actually. So they was like, came here to my apartment and was downstairs with my concierge and said, yeah, we like talked to Sergeant Maxwell about what he said. And there were some people who were at the game. Who were these people? There were just some, I was general fans at the game. This lady came up to me before the game. Max, I heard what you said and that wasn't nice. First of all, you didn't hear what I said. What you heard, you heard what somebody else told yeah, you. You read the article said. about it. That's, and yeah. it's completely different when you hear somebody say something and it goes like that. I was doing a article, I was doing a thing on um, CNN and we were talking about um, uh, Donald Sterling at the time, the owner of the Clippers. And Frederica, I think I'm getting her, her name wrong. But Whitfield, that was her name. She was a, uh, she was one of their uh, anchor people, and I had done about three or four different segments, and then um, day number three or four. So I guess they were trying to find different different angles to go at. All of a sudden, she comes at me and says, "Well, Mr. Maxwell, you said something disparaging about a female official." This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Right now, when you head over to BetOnline.ag and enter the promo code CLNS50, you'll get a 50% welcome back bonus just for listening to this podcast. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, your go-to site for online betting. Make sure you enter that promo code CLNS50. All right, let's get back to Cedric Maxwell. I started to go right at her, but I didn't. Mm. I want to say, did you actually hear that, or did the person talking in your ear, your producer, tell you this? Because you would know if you said something, it's completely different than you writing something that somebody said. So, you know, like I said, I had to do the whole apology and went on the court. Actually, you know, nobody saw us, but actually went out and shook Violet Palmer's hand and said, you know, I was because I said at that time, I said I would never do anything. I know how hard it was for her as a black female to get in her position. Right. So I would never say anything that would destroy her in any kind of way. But my name is synonymous with hers. If you want to read a bad article. If you want to read something about me, you go look up that article about baking the eggs and, and how she was so vilified by me and what I said. Nobody really took time to really understand what I said. That's funny you say that because how many people who have gone on record complaining about what Dave Chappelle said and what they read, how many people do you think actually saw the stand-up that special? That really is true. That's a lot you know? of people. A lot of people didn't. But that's they, what drives me crazy about nowadays, Max. They see a headline or they hear something and they pick a side immediately without even looking into it and finding out the context of the joke or finding out what Dave's been about. Dave's been doing this for years. Yeah. Dave's been making these jokes for years, and now it's a big thing now with this new special. Oh my God! But I just think we're so we're so politically correct now. I hate it. Yeah, I know it. I I do too. I don't like it. I do too. But I mean, that's just the way of the world. And I'm a huge fan of comedy, so it's just like, come on, don't don't bring it into comedy now, okay? What are the, what, what these what some of these comedians have, have gotten in trouble with what they're doing off the stage? That's a whole another different story. That's a different conversation. But if it's funny, and but but it's funny to you. That's what you're saying. That's the difference. Ninety percent. That, that, they're, they're saying, but how about, but well. how about the people in the fence? 
Gotta be, it gotta be two sides. It gotta be people also who are offended by what he said. What was the most offensive thing he said? The thing about the kids? I would think that would be true about the kid. Like, really, dude? You would go that far? He said the king of pop yeah. sucked my dick. Yeah. You should be happy on Monday morning to tell, you, tell your friends. Like, really? Is that what? Oh my how many God. how many people in here? He said he goes. There's at least half half the people in here have been abused and they got awkward Thanksgiving dinners <laughs> from a family member too. This guy, this kid, got his dick sucked by the king of pop. <laughs> Come on, man, that's funny. You think he believes that? No, I don't. He's think telling he, jokes. I man. don't think he's. I don't think that. You think he watched a documentary and told but, people, man, these kids are ridiculous. I, they I, should be happy. I no, think, man, he's telling jokes. He's telling jokes. He really is. But I just think that people are very, very sensitive about stuff now that you can't, you can't. As funny as Richard Pryor was back in the day with the N word and all those things that he said. To me, some of those things right now, they could be qualified as, as racist, mm-hmm. as homophobic. You know, like people like Dave Chappelle talking about people, homophobia. You know, he's, he's talked about that. And there were some people who were in the audience just dying laughing. But you know there had to be somebody who was sitting there squirming like, oh, my God, I can't believe that, you know, he would, that he would go that far. So we've, we've turned a corner that I don't think as much as you said Dave Chappelle was a champion of this, there are a lot of people who that corner, I don't know if you can ever go back around that corner again. But, you know, by by saying certain things, I mean, certain things right now, just look at and go, nah. I just think this is that documentary where we'll look back on, I don't know, three or four years from now and say that was when things turned a bit. Maybe comedy gets back to what it used to be when, you know, starting with Richard Pryor. That was a little bit before my time. But for me, that that guy, the controversial guy was Chris Rock. Yeah. You know, late 90s through the 2000s. I mean, he would say things off the cuff and and. Maybe he got a little backlash, like you said, for the, uh, that was, I think, the uh, uh, Bring the Pain special when he made that joke between, you know, about, about blacks and, and, and what, did he, what did he say? And what? And what? Let me ask you, and you what? know what it is. What? No, 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 let me ask you, what and what? And what did he say? <laughs> the difference between blacks and niggas. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I remember it well, but I just want to know what you're going to say. It. Now you remember Okay. I remember. No, I remember it. But that was one of the things that a lot of people thought was funny as hell. So so he can make fun of his, you know, what he is. He can make fun of the, the, the black community, but you can't touch the, the... But you think about it this way. If you are white... You can't touch the other crowds. If you're white, can you use that... Could he use that same... Could you use that same joke? It's the same thing you just said about you and Grady. Well, I'm just saying... You can that, make that joke, but Grady right, can. Right. But that's what I'm saying. That there, there's a difference. There's Why is that, though? If just think for a minute that... The guy who is funny, I think he's funny as hell. Guy named Sebastian. He's this funny oh, comedian. Oh, Menescalo. Yeah, I'm a huge he, fan. He's yeah, a, he's a guy. All right. Do you think he could use that? No, absolutely okay. not. Okay. Without getting like ripped apart. <laughs> no. So I'm just saying there there's certain ways that you use things in this world that stop. That I think also you gotta be smart too. Certain things you know you can't use. Well, can you can you make a black joke? Obviously, without using that word, that's, he can. That's that's hard to do. Louis C.K.'s done it. Bill Burr's done it. You know, some of the best comedians out, they make their jokes, you know, about black. But it's it's funny and it's not offensive. Boy, there, no, there's again, a line. And, again, you're talking about to you 
or whoever that segment is, and there's certain people who become offended, who are offended by that. Certain people do, and I don't think that I don't think there's either any way you can go across that people aren't. Then we think about that. Bernie Mac did that. Bernie Mac was he he would go at Asians, he would go at blacks, he would go. Bernie Mac was going at kids. Mm-hmm. You remember he had this whole thing about his nephew who he said you know didn't speak and you better be a mm-hmm. and people just at the show just died laughing. <laughs> Sure. Oh, wait, you're talking about the one that he, he thought that he could tell he might be. He might yeah. Be, yeah, he might be gay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You better, you better uh, dance or put a whistle out or something. If I got a fire up in here, you better not be going to... Mm-hmm. So, I mean, certain... Him uh, downstairs. Certain, yeah, him downstairs. Who, <laughs> what's the move? Come on. So, I mean, I think it, it depends now on maybe just a comedian. Because I think... I think Steve Harvey has become very PC with his jokes. Steve Harvey, because he's crossed over into this whole realm. You listen to Steve Harvey when he gives he he gives jokes. It's like he he doesn't he he doesn't cross the line. Bernie Mac crossed that line all the time. He didn't care. He didn't care. Um, the guy who I think is is uh, brilliant right now is D.L. Hughley. Yeah. Theo Hukley, man, is, oh, he's the, is the funniest guy around, but yeah. he makes such a defining point in all his comedy. Um, and I think that you have to look at it that way. I remember talking to Stuart Scott, the late Stuart Scott, who was the ESPN announcer. And the first time I saw him, he was at the garden. And I said, oh, man, you're so funny. I like he said, and he stopped me and said, yeah, I appreciate what you're saying, but are you educated by what I say? Mm. Hey, so he was talking about, yeah, cool as the other side of the pillow or mm. Bebe or Pookie and them, they cousin Ray Ray and all that. But did you did you get the information mm. that I was giving out by being funny? And that was the brilliance of him. And that was something I learned from, from him, which I've carried over to what I do is I've heard a lot of people talk to me about, oh, my God, you were so funny. Oh, you're baking the eggs, and you were talking about this. And I said, but did you get the information I was trying to give you? People always talk about, oh, my God, where did you come up with that, talking about sandwiches and big girls and all this stuff? You Look, those are words or catchphrases to get your attention. Once I get your attention, now I'm giving you information. Because I have a small window of opportunity to express what I want on radio, I have to use some crazy lines that you remember about excitement. I would say that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm giving off excitement, how I would be in a, for instance, why don't you practice this at home? Go home and practice. Look at the great play. And you come up with one or two words and you thought that they were funny that are going to stick Mm -hmm. with the general audience. Sandwiches, whatever that just people. Oh my God! How would you come up with that? Quacking, quack, whatever you you yeah. know. And all how'd you that. come up with that, by the way? Um, I don't even know. <laughs> you don't even remember. I don't even know. I always <laughs> tell people. I said my the way as a broadcaster, I've that that has helped me. You get uh, you have Pepsi, and you put Dippin' Dots together. And you put that in your, your mind for, you know, you put that in your, your body for a second. You see what happens. You might, anything might come out, something crazy. You put those, that's jet fuel to your, to your mind. So I, I don't know how I come with some of the things I say, but I also try to make sure 
that those words aren't going to be, but you know, be so offensive to mm -hmm. people. Like, who in the world is going to be offended by sandwiches? Who's going to be offended by, oh, chicks want second chance opportunities? Yeah. yeah. Or things that I might say, but, you know, for the most part, there's nothing that is going to be over the top, too colorful. But I think there's only a few people in this world that can go to the top of the mountain now. Um, you know, you not a lot of people are going to be like Moses going up to the top and coming back down. But the, the, there's only a few comedians who have that much uh, leverage and have that much juice. Again, that black black comedy has to essentially stay in, in black land sometimes. Mm -hmm. You see very few times you see white guys talking about black issues. There was one comedian, I remember he was talking about his girlfriend, and it was the guy from Boston. I'm going to forget Bill his Burr? Bill Burr. Oh, when he has to go to the, the no, no, he was, no, we were talking about, he was talking about his girlfriend who was black. And said, "Yeah, she's talking about him being ashy." <laughs> she talking about, yeah, yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, he, yeah. He, you know, he was like ashy. What do you mean? He said, "You know, your skin. Look at it. It's all dry. You got to put, you know, lotion and and all this stuff." He's like, "What's that?" Yeah, and, he, and that was that to me was funny as hell. Yeah. But would that have fit? But he went, he tiptoed in and then tiptoed out yeah. about you know about black humor, saying, "You know, black people. You'll never see a black person who's ashy." You know, black people talk about the word, and it's funny because oh yeah, and he starts talking about how his uh, his his friends that were black, they were like clowning him for wearing like, like yeah, the same lotion. stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah and yeah. then that was and it was so funny because I was on my uh, first broadcast partner one time, and um, and we were talking, and Spencer Ross was my first broadcast partner with the Celtics, and I don't know what conversation we we're having, but he was saying something to me, and I said, well, you know, I'm. I, I need some lotion because my skin is ashy. And he's like, ashy? What does that mean? I said, you don't know what ashy means? He goes, no. And then, then a black person came by, and we were on air. I said, excuse me, hold on a minute. Yo, dude. <laughs> on air? Oh, yeah, dude. I said, what is ashy? And guy goes, when your skin is real dry. This person looked at me like it was a, a foreign word that I use. I had an ex-girlfriend ask me that one time. She's like, what's ashy mean? I'm like... Yeah, and your skin's dry. I need some lotion. Yeah, <laughs> but but again, those are those are fine lines that people identify with. When he went with that, to me, it was it was it was so funny, and I identify with it. And people, other people identify with it. But again, I think that white guys can can tiptoe in, mm -hmm. whereas black comedians now, I think they have that much more. I think they have more range. But do you think a white comedian would make that joke back in I don't know 1990 or whatever? 20 years from uh, 20 years ago or 30 years ago that that's that's tipped about, on the line like that was whiskey it, yeah about about lotion <laughs> the lotion is lotion is an easy one there's not a lot you are you offending somebody because you say they had dry skin no but no I mean that to me that that's a that's an easy one to go you know the one that Dave Chappelle went on about you know who in the world would say you know that Bill Cosby right now is the hero. Mm -hmm. And talking about pudding pops and all the stuff he was talking about. There's certain things right now you just, woo, they're, they're just, they are, you know, you're going to the top of the mountain. And there's not a lot of comedi comedians right now or people 
that can go to the top of the mountain. Right. Well, he also made some jokes about Bill in the past. At least not this special, but another Netflix special. Mm-hmm. Where he talked about, um, he said that uh, he was putting up serious numbers for rapes. He's called him the Steph Curry of rape. Wow. Wow. And no one had a problem with that. But then this new one, they're like, ah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even know. if you, and you know what? People who have been raped, just for instance, say that. You, you say that out loud, and I don't know anybody who has been raped, but you think if your sister had been raped, mm. and he said that, how would you feel? Would you be like, damn, dude. I wouldn't have bust out laughing the way you yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have taken You'd that. you just like go quiet that. right there. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't go, you wouldn't do that if yeah. he said he was a Steph Curry of rape score. <laughs> damn, dude, that mean, you crossed the line. You, you mean, you're, you're going, you're going to where I can't, I wouldn't even think about yeah, going. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I wouldn't even think to go there. Yeah. But that's just like, you know, where he's talking about the numbers he put up. And that, mm, those are those are very, again, confidence and money mm. are two things that you you better have if you're going if you're going out there. Security. The security. <laughs> security would go. be security is the word, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that you're secure in what you're doing. Because if you think about other comedians that he did that special that could essentially you know, wipe your career out. Mm-hmm. You'd be with finished. one joke. Just one like joke. Yeah. One joke. That's why I said these things that we have in front of us right now, these these microphones, they're the most dangerous things around. And everybody has them. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So many people have podcasts. So many people aren't responsible to have podcasts. But that's what fuels into the backlash. Yes. That's the reason yes, why. Absolutely. As soon as a one or two, three people start reacting to it, then it's an issue. Then everyone's like, oh, wait, he said what now? I haven't seen this doc. I haven't seen this stand up special. I haven't seen Dave Chappelle's comedy really that much, but I, I don't like him anymore. How many, how many people do you think heard? me use live on air bacon and eggs mm. and we were we had a game in houston and that game was at what 10 o'clock at, yeah, yeah 10 30 so it was one o'clock in the morning whatever it was you know what one or 12 at night here mm. and somebody heard how many people actually heard that not a lot but then all of a sudden a somebody but it's so different now because of where we're at if i said that now and that goes to social media. So social media multiplies that tenfold. Mm-hmm. It it grows like a piranha. It grows. It grows like you know cancerous. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that was said, and I remember this is, and, and it's a friend of mine right now, and I consider him that. He's a broadcaster. His name is Sonny Hill. He's out of Philadelphia. He was back in the day of Wilt Chamberlain when Wilt was so dominant and the early NBA. And they used to have him on as he was a um, he was an analyst. It was a guy named Steve Snapper Jones that was up there. It's like right now you talking about guys' names. Where I think is funny How about the guy's name right now, Booger McFarland. Dude, <laughs> dude I, he's good, but when I hear him say Booger McFarland, that to me is like, uh, okay, Booger, really. And let's go away. Right now, we're going over here to Booger. We're going to see what Booger has to say. How, how do you go? When you, how does that hit you when you hear that? You start laughing. But I'm talking about the guy, Sonny Hill. Was a, he, was, he knew basketball inside and out. One thing he said, he talked about Kareem. And I still, even today, I, I challenge him when I see him in Philly. He's at, at the games. He said, Kareem, and he was talking about this guy, Hook. 
He said, that sky hook, it's just like cancer. You know you got it, but you just can't stop it. Wow. Yeah. We can stop right there. <laughs> Girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. <laughs>